Welcome to what turns out to be episode 5 of the Paul McGolly podcast. And yes, I'm starting this one. Hurrah. Peter has handed over the reins for this episode as we continue part 2 of what I'm calling Pete Cast, but I don't think he's very fond of the mate. Um, <laughs> we're just going to carry on talking, obviously, about how you got into hockey. And obviously, when we finished... Last week's show was uh, the death of the Phoenix. No, we briefly touched it. Um, so, as a quick recap, obviously, the Phoenix were the new team in Manchester. They played out of the Altrium Eyestone until 2015, when they were unceremoniously booted out at the playoff finals weekend and had to spend the year in the side. Now... We'll touch on your uh, experiences with a certain other team in that area hmm. at that point. But when they moved to D-side, obviously, you did still go to some games, obviously not as many as <clears throat> you probably were able to, with it being so far away. For, I'm going to use the term casual fan in this sense, because for the Phoenix at this point, you probably were. Yes. What were the trips to D-side like? Um... Well, obviously, they were longer than going to Altrincham, for a start. Um, but they were nice scenic trips. So, as opposed to seeing and going through what kind of smelt like horse manure when you, you get towards Cheadle and Stockport Way, or Sulphur or whatever the hell it is, um, heading to North Wales to try and get through time um, the joys was like a really low budget going to Blackpool looking for the trying to spot the tower competition which is a competition that all northerners like to play because it's what we do um, but the closest they had was a chalk drawing of a dragon unsurprisingly being in Wales I mean, there's worse things to have short drawings of. There's a horse in Wiltshire. Um, is that the one in... Weymouth? No, it's near Salisbury. Ah. Cause I, I could be getting that completely wrong and just expose myself as not being from Wiltshire. <laughs> because um, I have been to one... Slightly going off topic. I have seen one in Weymouth. And I have seen the CERN giant. Uh, and no, that is not a drug reference. But, uh, yeah, as soon as you see this kind of very... It is probably a good chalk drawing on a little hill, but due to the fact that there is so much grass and it's never been kept, uh, it looks like a dragon that has grown a lot of fluff, shall we say. Um, so once you get past there... You then have to pass a prison, and then eventually you turn off and you come to uh, Flincher, which is pretty much D side. Um, and then it's literally trying to navigate through little small roads to get to the. I'm trying to think what it is. It is D side, isn't it? D side. Yes. It's not D-side Ice Rink, it's D-side Leisure Centre and Ice Rink, I think. I think so, yeah. yeah. 
obviously for people who wouldn't have made that trip, how long would it, how long would it take to basically get from where was the Phoenix played in Altrincham to D side? Um, oh, <coughs> strangely enough, it was probably quicker getting to D side than it was for Altrincham for me. Um, well, easier kind of. Um, but from where I am to D size used to take about fifty minutes. So it's only kind of like another twenty, twenty five minutes on top of going to Altrincham. Um but the the extra factor of D side when you got there was because it was like a, a leisure centre, so you'd see like either kids coming out with like hockey sticks because they'd had like the junior set up. Um, or they'd have kind of like pe- kids dressed as princes and fairies because they'll have like parties there because they kind of had like um, like kid they had like a kids area and then they had like a BMX thing there. Yeah, I think we had to sit outside it when I went. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there one time. Because I don't think it was actually set up, the BMX, at that time. I think they were still creating, to put it one way. Um, So then, once you got past that, you then came to a set of doors that you had to wait to open. And then it was as close as you will probably come to walking out at a football ground, in the fact it was like a long tunnel... Well, would you would you say it was like a a long tunnel from from? Um, it was a very long corridor. I know that. Yeah, long that's long what I mean. Long. But it it seemed more like a, it. It's it, the fact it slopes down as well. Yeah, I think is what you maybe you probably think of that. But my last memory of D side was obviously the fact that it was the much like the link centre is. It had the one <laughs> massive bank where the Phoenix founders would. Yeah. Congregate, hmm. and then you had these three little benches on the other side of the pad for the away fans. I'm trying to think, they weren't, they weren't really benches as such from them. They were more a case of high steps, but then they'd have like little seats put on them. Pretty much. Um, but I, to be fair, the ice was probably better there than we'd ever had at Altrincham. Um, Plus, when we first turned up, it was very old school in the fact that there was no plexiglass. It was netting. Um, so that had to to change. So if eventually they had plexiglass put in. Well, this is, kind of leads on to one of the other points I had on it. So at this time in this era of the EPL was somewhat affectionately known as the Skullsy era when Wayne Skulls took over the Telford Tigers and bankrolled team to a couple of league titles. Now, this was the same point where he, I want to say invested, because obviously he didn't own it. it He he had shares. He had shares. He definitely invested in the Phoenix. And then also invested in Racknell and D-Side. Well. And the fact that that he was there at D-Side obviously helped make the fact that there was now plexiglass in the rink. Yes. So, um, I re- I recall him 
because it's interesting when you try and look back at these things and think, oh, how great this is. He's he's kind of a savior. He's helping us. And then no. Um, but yeah, he had because I think Bratnell were in money problems as well. Uh, Manchester, <laughs> we we're, we're struggling, obviously, because uh, we were homeless. Um, so then he kind of, I think he brought 49% shares, I think in both, or he had something, I think he did for Manchester at least, or 47 or some 45, it was 40 something, um, so, but the, I think when Skulls came in as well for, to help Manchester out, I think that's when the whole EPL thing kind of took a dramatic turn in the fact that or every team that um, is was involved with schools seemed to just get even more of a bad rap. Bratnell, I don't really recall anyone having a go at him because they were just kind of struggling so everyone thought oh he's helping a team out I think the fact it was Manchester and we we were fairly successful in the EPL and we were deemed as one of the money teams as well um, anything that went wrong for Manchester was always looked at as, as a plus for a few teams and when Skulls came in it just seemed to be make it twice as better um, the case of him helping us out uh, the, the word Manchester actually got dropped from the team so we went from the Manchester Phoenix Ice Hockey Club to Phoenix Ice Hockey Club because of brand um, which didn't really work because if you're trying to sell a team to... Well, I suppose it probably would, but if you're selling well, it as a Manchester team... It rips your identity out, doesn't it? Yeah. But the, I think this is where there was a slight split then within the camp. Because some thought, no, we're Manchester Phoenix. But then, because we were getting help and... I take it, money given to us as well to help. Uh, it was kind of all those that were happy to see the money come in said, oh, well, we'll, we're happy to be called whatever as long as it's keeping the team going. Which, mm. to some degree, you kind of go along with, but you don't really fully want to kind of lose your identity, so to speak. Um, but it, I mean it's like we, we touched on the last episode after that playoff semi-final everything that see that Phoenix seemed to touch just kind of went bad there was never kind of like there were the odd glimmers of hope but nothing there was ever concrete that's literally how it felt as a Phoenix fan for them final couple of seasons 
So I was fair. Some people who would know it. The Phoenix never went back to Altrincham and went, uh, well, folded again. I want to say it was January 2017. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I don't know how the date right. I think it was the... I want to say the early or middle of Feb. Feb. Official. If if we're going off official Manchester Phoenix players... Hmm then it was probably January. And obviously, D-side wasn't the only rink that they play out yeah. of in the end of that run. Um, I'll, I'll leave this one to you, Austin. <laughs> what other rinks did the Phoenix end up playing at their home games, um, quotes here, out of in those last two years? Well, from... Well, this is the thing that I've tried to do some research on. Because I, I remember most of them. Um... But I was trying to look at historically. So we'd gone from the Emian Arena where we first. 9X, thank you. Yeah, 9X. But for me, it's 9X. Um, so we went 9X. Apparently, we, we did play one or two games in Blackburn. I think these were like pre season games before we moved into. Um, the arena so that's technically two home rinks so far if you're staying with me mm-hmm. um, we then had D-side I Sheffield uh, from there we went to Fylde West Coast Ice Arena which if you've seen the photos of that to call it an arena He's like saying the hangar in Slough's Madison Square Garden. Um, and finally, Witness. And in those last two years, it was mainly D side, filed, and Witness, wasn't it? Yeah. For the most part of it. Yeah. And the slightly ironic thing was kind of Phoenix were having running battles with Silverblades and Planet Ice. The final ever game for Phoenix took place, of course, in a Silver Blades rink. Against the Swindon Wildcats, I believe. Yes. Well, um, with a Phoenix All-Star team. Yes. The official um, final game, for me and many others, was against the Peterborough Phantoms. So, 2016-17 was officially the last year of it. We touched on it briefly last week the plan was to move to Eastlands yes with a new rink and apparently plans were drawn up and they were all designed beautifully and there were pictures taken in hard hats and high vis jackets of look here's where our rink is going to be mm-hmm. and it's the infamous buy a brick scheme that we touched briefly on mm. now forgetting what you said last week with the aces obviously doing yeah. it at the same time what were your thoughts on the whole Phoenix by a brick scheme at the time and now three years later? At the time, um, I'll sl- I'll very quickly touch on Speedway because you'll see why. Um, kind of like what I said the last time was both were doing it, and both were seen as being helpful towards, um, kind of making sure we had a home and basically building kind of like the foundations for 
a new rink, whatever. However, as we kind of said the last time of when it got put out of trying to help the club buying a brick, we have the the playoff incident where uh, fans are told, um, you all hate us, uh, we kind of don't want your pity, but at the same time, do buy a brick. Um, it was one of those things where I don't think it was ever handled very well from start to pretty much end. Um, all he was ever told was, you can get a brick if you give some money, and that was literally it. There was nothing of, uh, well, if you buy brick, you can do, have your name inscribed on it, you can, you'll see it getting put on our beautiful wall when the rink's finished. Literally none of that, from, from memory at least. It seemed to be, buy a brick, and that was it. Um, looking at it now, it will probably go down as one of. I don't want. To, I won't say embarrassment because that's the wrong term to use. Um, but it was very badly plotted and kind of poorly executed. Yes, that's the word. I'm. Difficult. I'm trying to desperately think of the words and I can't think of them. Um, but it was extremely badly kind of executed in every single sense. I don't think there's there's no redeeming feature I can think of other than it would have helped the club. Mm. But then, no. Things things were said and done which didn't help. No, is basically what you're trying to say. To to which I am trying to <clears throat> find a picture because of that. I don't know if you ever saw what this, where the new rink was going to be, because there is a yes. disused warehouse, mm. and if anyone ever saw the, the actual photo, of where, the whereabouts of, where this particular new rink would have took place, um. The only way they would have had to have done it was knock down pretty much what was left of this shell, completely rip it up and start from kind of ground zero and work work its way up to making it at least... Usable. Yes. But it's... It really... There is literally... Even kind of like DIY SOS would have just gone, no. There's no chance we're going to be able to put this together. Even if you put uh, DIY SOS and any other, and every single thing you can think, extreme makeover, even they would have said, no, this is impossible. Um, which, I think if you ask most fans, I think if you ask Mark, probably, and a couple of the others that, that we know mutually, They'll probably say as much as hopes were raised that they were going to come back to Manchester. I think it was more in the way of clinging to fake hope as opposed to 
actually believing it would ever come to fruition. Um, to which I think when it was first broke, I recall thinking, oh great, they're, they're coming back, I'm looking forward to it. To which I kind of got in the, the process of planning things like, oh, I can do this, then... To be honest, there's not really anything around there for fans to do, in truth. Mm. I mean, there's like a, a McDonald's not too far away, and like a, an Asda, but other than that, there's really nothing for fans. Um, but I think the next day, it kind of hit home, thinking, no, it's not going to happen. As, as much as I would have loved to have seen the team come back, um, and playing in in Manchester, it was just never it was never on the cards really. I thought just it never looked at any point, even though it went kind of like to like the local news station. They had I remember having uh, our announcer Jake coming on on the TV screen in his hard hat and saying, "Oh, this is where the, the Phoenix will." Go. This is where the Phoenix will grow, and we will become like a good, um, another brilliant ice hockey team. I think it was after I watched that little VT thing. I thought, no, <laughs> it's it's not gonna happen, is it? And unfortunately, I was proved right. Sadly. Do you miss the Phoenix? Um. Yes. Because I've actually been kind of thinking about this over the last 24 hours or so, knowing we were going to do part two. Um, to which, you'd asked me yesterday about Storm when they folded, kind mm. of how I felt about them. And my answer was kind of like, eh. Mostly because I'd kind of, I hadn't really grown up a lot with them. I'd probably been around the team for about three, four years, maybe. Something similar to that. Not the whole time they were going. But with Phoenix, it was like the opposite. Of I didn't go to many games at the beginning, but then I started to become more regular, even going to a couple of like away games. Um... And the more I think of like Phoenix and and the fact that I've not been to hockey this season in in Britain, well, I can't really say I went to one Blackburn game. Um, but even watching hockey games, it kind of lacks what it felt like to watch a Phoenix game. Kind of like everything that surrounded it. So kind of like watching with friends, the atmosphere. Uh, almost at times thinking you were you were going to see a victory if you turned up, um, but it's, it's. I think if you ask me which one I miss between Phoenix and original Storm, I will probably say Phoenix because of meeting friends and knowing more people and all the good times I had. Storm was mostly on the ice. That was kind of the joy to watch. Whereas Phoenix had kind of both. 
you had the joint yeah. on the ice, but then at points it was even made better off the ice. No, I don't find out anything else to that. That's the thing, it's, it's genuinely what it's from the heart you've talked about. Yeah. Um, so we touched on it briefly saying about 2015-16, the reason the Phoenix were kicked out was uh, the Manchester Storm were coming back. And I'm going to use coming back in a tentative phrase, as essentially it was a brand new franchise. Mm. Um, I remember watching you and, again, a couple of our mutual friends on various social media pages, very much divided. Yeah. Of, you were either, you were, it was very much you were either a Phoenix fan or you were... Against, it was with, with them or against them. But it was a case of you could not be down the middle. Hmm. Um, to which I was. Um, so you were the one and only. Yes. <laughs> oh, what fun! Um, so of course, I went to the. I started going regularly to the Storm games, mostly because I had no transport to get to D side, for most of the time at least, because my dad didn't fancy driving there every week. Um, a couple of times I used the coaches that they would pick fans up from um, and pretty much the main bonus of going was it was nearer hmm. so that's pretty much how it how it was and it's it kind of from that point in time and I've said it a few times in blogs I've put it is probably the worst time I have ever supported British ice hockey or gone to watch the game in 24 years of watching it because it just pretty much felt a case of if I went to Phoenix games I'd have uh, people I'd started chatting to at Storm asking oh is it is it bad is there any uh, is like how's kind of How's the, the fan base? Has it dwindled yet? Is, uh, is Uncle Neil struggling? And kind of making like snipey comments. Yeah. Um, and then when I'd go to Phoenix, I'd have the odd person kind of making sarky comments about Storm, saying, oh, I bet they're not getting more than we used to. And I, I, bet, I bet they're getting hammered. And I, I bet this is... It just... Every it's rare I could enjoy a game. Mm. Um, to which um, I did lose a lot of friends from Phoenix when they when they knew I was going to like watching Storm games. Um, one or two we mutually know, um, where kind of just didn't speak to me. Uh, sadly. I haven't spoken to them, I think, in about three years, maybe four years. Um, Jesus. So when when they go on about it's only a game, it's the the thing with hockey as well. It's 
as much as it's the game, it's kind of, kind of the camaraderie with like it's, it's the people and the friends you make. Um, but that whole 2015, 2016, 2017, especially when up until the moment the Phoenix disappeared, it's not it's not one of my favourite times, shall we say, of, of watching the sport. Because it was either sniping from one set of fans to going to the other team, having another set of fans sniping at the other. I kind of felt like Piggy in the middle. Um, it was rare. I enjoyed a game. T- to be honest, if you asked me, is there any games that you can pick out. Um, the only two I can pick out is, or well, maybe three, uh, was probably the final ever Phoenix game, the, what would be now the penultimate Phoenix game, though really the official one, um, and the opening Storm game. Other than that, there's really not anything I can comment on that was positive. It really, it, it, I think I said as well, it took its toll on my health as well, in the fact that I felt so miserable, which I struggle with anyway. But especially when that's kind of making it worse as well. And it's like... you. You don't really need it. You kind of go into have like a bit of an escape at times, and when you've got all this going on, uh, it it just got to the point where I thought I just need to sort of like avoid going. And for a certain time, I only went kind of now and then to Storm games, and then um, when Phoenix finally did kind of sadly collapse. Um, it did take a while to kind of enjoy hockey, so to speak, but it's never really peaked ever since, British-wise, anyway. You seriously never got really to the highs of the Phoenix fan and part of it. Hmm. During the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say four years of following the Storm, yeah. because I know for a fact you have been to Storms for four years, not yeah. including the current year. Hmm. Was there anything on ice that you noticed that obviously was different from when you watched the Elite League with the Phoenix those few years? Mm. And was there basically anything you enjoyed from watching the Storm for those four years? Um, because from oh, an outside oh, perspective, they did do a fair few things very well in the time that I went there and met you. Yeah, the, the, diff, the, the massive difference, and I've said this to many people, when the, the club came back, the PR at Storm, 10 out of 10. It was absolutely bang on with Neil Russell, who used to be the, the GM at the Belfast Giants. And if you and, and if you actually think about Belfast at the time, back in, I think it was 99 when they first came, just think about a team where if you... Would you have ever thought about 10 years ago, or, well, it's over 10 years, but taking a certain city where you'd think 
hockey would not work. And now look at it kind of like 20, 30, whatever years later. One of the best teams, maybe not necessarily in just the UK, but arguably kind of like at the... Not meaning to sound disrespectful, but kind of like on the on the bottom rung of like European hockey ladders, which yeah. is pretty much where UK hockey is anyway, but trying to grow. Um, so f- from that to kind of take him, put him into a, like a brand new team, which had pretty much decent success under the current skies of the uh, the original storm everything that the club did was the most professional I think it may have been even more professional than the original storm the way it went about things um, on the ice the first season was literally the squad was put together in six weeks this was due to the fact that the whole Stingrays had, I think, almost signed a team, or pretty much had signed the team. Uh, they went into financial problems, disappeared, and then this is kind of where things go murky between that kind of summer. Um, so you had like uh, the Phoenix and the Ice Rink uh, kind of loggerheads. Then whole go out of business, and then almost immediately the next day, the storm comes straight out of Hull. Um, so there was there was a lot I, of. I must admit, from an outsider's perspective, it was sort of very convenient. That yeah, it all happened. Um, to which the I remember one of the quotes was, "Well, we was looking to put a Man- a Manchester team in." the top flight the following season to which I've always kind of the more I've thought about it if, right you want to put a team in the top flight Phoenix were never going to go back into the top flight so how would you have gone about putting an actual top flight team in the elite league so you would have to have got rid of Phoenix surely to have put the storm in um, but that's just like a slight conspiracy theory I'd like to slightly throw out um, on the ice though they did pretty damn well it has to be said that first year we've literally it was pretty much like college university players with like the very odd kind of like professional contracted players because uh, I think it took pretty much like the, the back end or kind of like the after 75% of the league had gone before they brought in um, another professional one because the only ones they had was uh, Davy Phillips from Hull and Matty Davis both of which had signed with Hull with Omar Pasha who was the head coach of Hull and pretty much Move. Picked up. Yeah. The, the best way to de- describe the whole whole <clears throat> to Manchester thing is like an NHL franchise. So like kind of like 
the Hartford Whalers going to Carolina, uh, the Quebec Nordiques going to Colorado. It's the, probably the closest I can think of yeah, in British ice order. hockey terms of an NHL franchise moving cities. Um, but um, they lacked a lot of fitness, to put it mildly, that first season. The amount of games where they were like three or four goals up and they would be blowing out their backsides after the second period or midway through the game, and they would tire, and teams knew this, they would tire them out, and they would go on to win by like a last-minute goal or uh, a couple of goals, to which I would make valid points over the course of four years of how they could improve. Fitness being one, uh, to which I was told I was a clueless hockey fan. Um, without actually trying to fire any kind of debating facts back at me. It was just like, you're a clueless fan, you don't know what you're talking about. I do know if someone is breathing out their backside, and if the whole team are doing it, then the team must not have either a fitness coach, or they mustn't have pretty much any decent fitness. The following season... Guess who they hire? They hire a fitness coach. Um, who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought it? Um, so, of course, they improved that. They improved a few... Probably the second season was the more enjoyable of the four. Um, towards the third season was the whole new management coming in. Um with kind of the outgoing Ryan Finity from the Glasgow... No, it wasn't Glasgow. It Brayhead clan, but we'll say Glasgow because that's what they're called now. Uh, all their fans pretty much wanted him gone because he was a poor coach. He was ruining the club. Um, basically said everything to get <clears throat> rid of him because they just didn't like him. Yeah. Um, a couple of days later, obviously we had the incident that took place at the arena. Um, so things were delayed because of, obviously, things like that. Um, and then they announced that Finity was now the head coach of the Manchester Storm and had a consortium that he was part of, along with a group from Glasgow that were, apparently had links to the Brayhead clan. Affinity then decided to take pretty much a decent core of the clan team from up north down with him. So he'd brought uh, Jay Rosehill, which I know he's one of your favourite players to watch. Um, you also had Matt Becker, who was very inconsistent, I'll put it that way. Um, and the other one, which is Probably one of the few players that I enjoyed watching the most was Mike Hammond. Uh, now in Vice Versa in Germany, which no doubt we'll probably touch on in a, later on. No segue. Um, so the the first season under Finity and the third Storm season was when they 
beyond I think all realms of possibility finished second in the Elite League behind the Cardiff Devils. Yeah, also that was the year that I went up to, mm. to a storm game and met yep. you there. And the thing that obviously took me about the storm was again it was the first time it felt like it was a proper team. Yeah. And I know you obviously mentioned um <clears throat> Becker and Hammond, the two mm. that obviously were the standouts from me were Luke Moffat, yep. the one in that first season mm. he was fantastic. And Mike Clemente. Because in the first two seasons, the Storm hadn't really had a goalie that they could basically put their trust in the yeah. whole time. I mean, the first year was Zane Kalemba. Uh, Zane Kalemba. Yeah. Who quickly became a hashtag of Kalembity Zane. Yeah. As a play on Calamity Jane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the third season, the second place, like I said, it was. It took advantage of the conference system a bit. Yes. But they ran. What was a very strong Cardiff Devils team, very close to yeah. that. Plus, it's the. I mean, if you look at that team as well, you had um, Dane Byers, that was also. Yes. I think he was the second signing he made. Um, Moffat was, I'd say, arguably challenged Hammond as to being one of the most skillful players in the Storm side. He. he Scored a lot of goals in that first season. He, he was very slow out the blocks, Moffat, mm. as a as a couple of them were. Um, but as it went on, I've and this is another of the um, pointless facts that kind of I made or predictions of. It is the only time. From watching Storm, at least, or the new one, where everything was bang on. The coaching was right. You had the mixture of physical and finesse in the team. So you had the likes of uh, Rosehill, Baker, uh, Byers on occasions, Erhat, you had pretty much a group that would stick up for their teammates and would, because the thing with when the Storm came back and even Phoenix as well they were always bullied by teams so they had a lot of skill but not too much in the way of like a deterrent I mean you, you did have like Schnabel and Pyatt and things like that but in the Elite League they didn't have anything for a couple of seasons and it showed they'd go a, a goal or two up teams would be more physical Storm would back off teams got back in, won the game the year they finished third they pretty much had everything bang on so the goalkeeping or sorry, the netminding was on point which did have a couple of dodgy games as all goalies do, pardon. But he did extremely well, Clem, uh, not Clemente. You had the defence was solid. You had the forwards were scoring goals. If the team needed to come together and be a bit physical, they would. If the best way. To, if they needed to be really physical in a game, 
they weren't afraid to mix it up. If they needed to kind of adopt the approach of playing hockey and not getting drawn into penalties, they would. And they they called it. They did excellently and had I think like a thirteen game winning streak at one point, mm. which is the highest winning streak I think the Storm have had since they've they've come back. Um. However, after that season, <clears throat> which I have <laughs> memories of the the playoffs especially, um, because we played, I say we, uh, at the I'll say we. Um, they played the five flyers in the the playoff quarterfinal, and to which, unbeknownst to me, Finney has never qualified for a playoff weekend, or he hadn't in a few years. Um, so of course, Manchester being not a regular playoff team, we make the playoffs for the second year in a row. So we travel up to five. We win, I think it was 4-1 up there. Um, <laughs> the, the, the thing I've always been told about the five fans is they are passionate. I'll put it that way. Um, and it did not take long to get a hospitable greeting as I took, I think, I must have been 10 foot inside the five ice arena before getting a... Let's just say a not too friendly welcoming. So, and it's the only time I've ever felt petrified at a hockey game. Uh, just due to how the atmosphere was. Um, so, of course, they won 4 1. Kind of kicked off a tiny bit on the ice, thankfully. <laughs> As opposed to off the ice. Um, so, heading into the next game. You'd think second place team taking on a seventh place place side. Four one lead. You can't blow it. And by God did we blow it. Um I have no idea what happened in that game. I think they'd already thought they'd qualified. In in all fairness. I think that's that's the only way I can think and they got overconfident. Because uh, Fife, for credit to him, played brilliantly in that game. Um, so I think we... I'm trying to remember if we tied the game or... I think they tied the game and it went to overtime. Uh, to which, I think it, he's a former Swindon Wildcats player. He is. <laughs> Carlo Um So, of course, it went to overtime. Fenucci scored the the overtime winner for five sends them through to the the quarter final uh, the semi-finals the scoreboard then erupts in a sea of blue and white and tartan um to which stone fans kind of slightly stayed back for a few minutes and then kind of quickly emptied <laughs> obviously um but it's the thing I've found myself doing a lot as well, especially the early couple of years, was watching teams and then thinking, I've seen him in the EPL. I've seen him in the EPL. I've seen him in the EPL. <laughs> and, it, and it was weird seeing players not in like the Red of Swindon, um, 
I mean, the, the weirdest one that I can think of off the top of my head was Barry McKenzie, in the mm. fact that he played for Phoenix, did a great job for us. And of course, when he came back with uh, the clan, I'm <laughs> I'm at the back of uh, 104, clapping like a seal, because he was he played a great game, and he was always one of like the unsung heroes of Phoenix. So I'm yeah. on the back, <laughs> I'm stood on the back seat, clapping like a demented seal. Uh, people around me are thinking, why am I clapping? Because he's not a Manchester player. Um, to which the first few years, it was literally probably me and probably a handful of people that went to Phoenix and then Storm. Um, but, yeah. But the the skill level is all, always get banded around about of the EPL is very low skill. Uh, it's just British players. Uh, if you go to the Elite League, it's highly skilled players with that can go quick as anything and can hit a puck an extra 10 miles per hour and hit harder and everything's fantastic. It's it's like the NHL coming to the UK. No, it isn't. Don't be stupid. Um, <clears throat> it's... It is a far more skillful, quicker game, the Elite League. However, if you want grit and determination, and arguably the better hockey, I'd say, then what would be the EPL, now the National Division, is probably where you'd go for it. Mm. And the way I've always looked at it, being a hockey fan, is you can... You don't necessarily have to stay watching Elite. You can try or sampling different hockey taste. So I've pretty much watched Elite. Uh, it was NIHL 1 South when I went. Uh, <laughs> mostly because it was down south. Yeah. Um, so I'd watched like the, the second tier, the third tier, and... I caught part of the women's game watching a, on the way to watching a, the final Phoenix game. So I've got a very broad spectrum of hockey tastes. Um, the thing is with fans in this country, it seems a case of you can only support one team. Or you can only either support one team or you can only watch one league. If you are seen to watch Elite and you watch the lower league, you're seen as a bit weird. Uh, if you're watching lower league and you watch the top league, it's kind of seen as um, glory hunting or flirting or cheating, so to speak, um, to which is ridiculous. I mean, you have you have the GB team. They have. Oh, that's a different story, a different topic for another day. So I'll I'll leave that hanging there because no doubt we'll come to it. Um, but coming back massively about twenty minutes ago, when you asked what was the difference, 
between watching Storm and Phoenix. Um, the skill levels were different. Um, not in a bad way. And the hockey equally was di was different. One was slightly played on full sim, to use an NHL term. And the other one felt like it was a mixture of arcade and simulation. I will let you decide which one is which. On certain, Someone's been playing too much on the games. PlayStation during lockdown. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so, really, the last question I had on the English hockey side of this, and forgive me for this one, because this is probably going to be a touchy subject for you, but I wanted to get your views on it and just sort of, you can use it as a <laughs> venting session, essentially. Thank you, Doctor. You're welcome. Uh, 2018-19, you... I remember seeing that you bought a Storm Season ticket, <clears throat> and it got to around Christmas, start of January time, and I sort of started seeing you say that you were trying to sell it. For those who are... Also, because obviously this is an audio podcast, not a video one, Pete is now currently uh, waving said Season ticket at me. Now, we've been friends for... God, nearly seven years now. Uh, and, yeah, you don't have to wince when I say that, thanks. That was wind. <laughs> of course it was. Um, that year, obviously seeing what you'd write about fans being abusive, derogatory, all these kind of nice words and lovely words that you can use. What actually happened during the 2018-19 season that effectively turned you <clears throat> off hockey for a while? Um, quick and short of it. Feel free to just tell me to shut up and go away if you want. <laughs> um, no, I've, I've said it before. I'll no doubt say it again. Uh, hockey for me is a game where, strangely enough, it's it's like Ron Seal. It, does what it says on the tin, ice hockey. I go to watch hockey. I'm not annoyed or fed up of the physical side because we all enjoy hockey fights. However, when I'm paying about £460 and virtually every game is kind of like we used to bring out the phrase um, I went to a hockey game and a fight broke out flip it it was like watching a fight and then a hockey game broke out um, to which I mean there was one game I can recall where <clears throat> pretty much the, the team just wanted to scrap there was no much hockey orientation going on one game kind of proved this theory to me when a puck came loose and it seems something out of kind of like a movie. The puck squirms loose up ice in the offensive zone. A Storm player skates up to go and collect it. Meanwhile, he gets a slash and I think a, a hook as well. You have the chance to either win a game or turn back and decide to drop the gloves to someone that is probably bigger than you and you probably won't win the fight. 
do you A, ignore the hack and slash and hope that Perrin isn't the referee and isn't going to call it against you? Um, or do you B, take the puck, skate up ice and look to score a goal? Unless I've been watching the game of hockey, hockey is about scoring goals. In this one game, the puck was loose, the player gains the puck, he takes a slash, he skates a bit further on with the puck, and then decides to turn around and drop the gloves, when he was literally one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. At that point, I'm thinking to myself, why am I bothering? To which I'd lost my so-and-so. Um, to which I was <laughs> venting pretty much every game. The fact that I was sick to death of pretty much watching a team scrapping every game instead of wanting to play hockey. And the, the reason I vented so much about it was when they actually concentrated on playing hockey, they were a damn decent team. They'd beaten Cardiff. They'd beaten Sheffield. Nottingham, Belfast, all the top teams. They'd beat them in their barn. They'd beaten them at ours. But they seem more interested in wanting to scrap than actually win games. Um, to which I'd put, I'd made a, a point at the time of if this team focused more on the hockey, they could honestly be challenging for maybe realistically in that season probably fourth because there was only really Cardiff and I think Belfast that were challenging title wise <clears throat> so the rest of the team it was a bit like when Leicester won the title in the fact that it was only them in Spurs and every other team had a, a year off so to speak take away Cardiff and Belfast Manchester could easily have battled for fourth place but they didn't. They were far more interested in scrapping than wanting to, to win games. Um, I got to the point in October where I said, if they knuckle down and win games, watch them go on a massive winning streak and they'll shoot up the table. Again, get told by the same person that said I was a clueless hockey fan, uh, you're clueless, you don't know what you're talking about, uh, why do you why do you bother coming to games? Um, and then I started getting the odd abusive comment back when I was literally coming up with like valid things arguments. It wasn't like me just saying they're a crap team. No, there was always I, valid I arguments. Reading through them, it was like I could understand your reasoning with it. And there were points obviously during that time where I would send you the sarcastic DM. Yeah. Which even you know, you knowing me knew that I was just having a laugh with you. Yeah. Kind of thing. But some of the stuff it was you weren't making points that were necessarily wrong or necessarily offensive to yeah. the team. It was pointing out a well thought out argument yeah. as to why you have backed up what you've said you have. To to which the <laughs> argument I will make as well in this country is if this was, say, Manchester in the National Division or the old EPL, 
if you make a comment, there would be about, I don't know, a handful that would take issue due to it. So it's like, oh, you, you can't you can't badmouth the club, you can't say anything negative about it. It's it's Manchester and they know what they're talking about and I'm sure it still goes in it. Swindon and Solent and every every lower league kind of yeah, team. There's, there's a pocket of every fan base yeah. that does stuff like that. Whereas when you're in the elite league, it seems to be the flip of the minority of fans are those that will make valid points. And pretty much most of the time, it's those that are verbally aggressive and just want to have an argument constantly with you. Uh, the phrase that obviously I've used with other people about this kind of subject is it's the vocal minority are the loudest voices yeah. in this kind of scenario. Mm. The ones who actually kind of look at what people say and think, yeah, I can see why they said that, are often just they silent they sort of just let the person crack on with it it's the ones that are very in your face and shouty and aggressive yeah make the most noise the twitterati as some like to refer to them as because it seems mostly to be on there where you you come across it um to which as i say i made me me valid points um so if the team knuckled down they could win games and shoot at the table uh so i'd get kind of like you're clueless, you know nothing about hockey. Then I'd start to get abusive ones telling me if I don't like the the brand or style of hockey that we play, why don't you mm, off? And then kind of um, getting kind of like the C word and everything thrown at me. I'm thinking, okay, so from making valid points, saying... The team will not win games if they carry on like this to being called the C-word and every name under the sun. Okay, I'll take time away. That was the back end of October. I did not return to Altrincham till I think it was the 12th or 13th of January. Ironically, the last game I saw was against Fife. Uh, the first game I saw when I came back was against Fife. Um, and the game that caused you the most pain was against Fife. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, but the the thing that got me back into to watching it, or making me want to go back, was I took a trip to Germany to watch the, the Winter Classic game there. Um, so... I'd gone to that and I thought, you know, I'll give it another try. Because I'd met up with some Nottingham Panthers fans out there. So we started talking about British hockey and, and everything. And they all said, oh, you should go back and see how you find it. If you don't like it, come the end of the season, don't go. Which, 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 which I literally did. I thought, you know what? Because they said, if you're paying out for so much, you might as well see to the end of the season, otherwise you're wasting money, which enough was a, a valid argument. Um, so I'd saw the season out, missed the final two home games due to Speedway commitments, um, but I did see the final away game down at Milton Keynes. Um, 
And the more the season kind of dragged on, the less enthusiastic I was on the game. Um, to which, coming back to my valid thing of the team, if they kind of knuckle down and everything, uh, during the period I was away, they won nine games in a row and didn't take a single penalty in three of them. So, therefore, whose valid opinion was validated? Nah, you're, clu- you're just a clueless hockey fan, Pete. Everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah. So, that pretty much put a, a slight smirk on my face. So, we get to the end of the season, um, to which, over <laughs> the, the time of me venting, I... It kind of felt like the Phoenix days of there was a few friends I'd made, they all fell out with me, to which I haven't spoken to them ever since, uh, because they pretty much keep coming back saying, oh, but you called the club and you said this and um, you said this about the club and pretty much I thought, yes, I did. I, I, I admit that. But I don't exactly enjoy is going to games being miserable as sin going there and thinking will I get either verbally or will I get physically attacked for being a hockey fan because it seems the the thing nowadays of fans of wanting to take liberties because of absolute asses. Uh, to put it one way. So, the season finished, and the only game I went to that was British was uh, Leeds against Sheffield. A Sheffield, uh, uh, not Sheffield, a Yorkshire Derby. Played in Blackburn. It happened, folks. It happened. Personally, what is it like being an NHL fan from far away? 
Um, it's that thing of, I think it's the same with like, if you're an NA, uh, NFL fan as well, you have kind of a special bond with the team. Um, so you kind of feel like you're a, you're within that group. Um, the only difference is for NHL, I have two because, you know, I'm a slot like that. Um, but the, the thing with the NHL one is I've always enjoyed watching the, kind of, we all do, otherwise we wouldn't watch it. Um, but there's just something about watching like the North American game as opposed to, it's, it's kind of watching British ice hockey is all fun and well, but it's like playing third division when you could be watching kind of like Premier League going to like the mid nineties, I'll say, uh, I won't say Premier League now because it's dull um, and uninteresting and I say that as a Manchester City fan to which Curry I should be the opposite yes um, not the shirt um, so yeah the, I mean watching the NHL it's just a better standard the only decent standard you'll probably come across very high level at least is probably the KHL uh, but other than that, it does seem slightly very WWF as well at times in the way it's marketed. Uh, growing up, because you had like your enforcers, which were kind yeah. of your heels, and you had your top scorers, who were the baby faces, and you had the referees, which were always. When they missed calls, seemed like they were just getting a chair to the back of them, and just conveniently unconscious to let the bad guy kind of do a dirty-handed tactic to your team. Um, but that's my take on it, anyhow. In a very weird, bizarre, <laughs> bizarre. take. Yeah, the NHL is like WWE. Vince McMahon. Oh no 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 no. Not WWE, WWF. Yes, the panda comes in. It's the chair. Yes. So you say obviously you have two teams. One I know is the same team that I have. Yeah. We can talk about that another time. But I mean, for me, from looking obviously knowing you for a while, your main team is the Chicago Blackhawks. You mentioned it last week that the first time. Your first off memory is of Wayne's World and them wearing yeah. Blackhawks jerseys. Yeah. And we spoke about it off one for it, but 2015 you actually went to a Stanley Cup uh, playoff game in Chicago when they faced the Wild. And I know you've been to, correct me if I'm wrong, I want to say it was Prague for the International Series this last year. Uh, I've been Prague twice. Well, but for NHL-wise, yes. Yes, I know you've been to Prague <laughs> multiple times, but for the NHL purpose on this one. Twice. How would you say like the experience as a fan is going to both the Stanley Cup game and the National Series game compared to what fans get over here? The biggest difference is atmosphere. I was shocked that 
it was a it was, it was a Stanley Cup round. It wasn't like a a big it a final. It was round a round two. two. Episodes, it? it was round two of the Western Conference semi final game two. Um, to which I kind of expected it to be like a cauldron of noise being a playoff game because if you watch like NFL whenever it's a playoff game the crowd gets ex- like extremely hyped up if you watch the NBA extremely hyped up NHL pretty subdued um, lots of towel waving yeah at the start of the game and then it's like okay we've done our bit now it's probably different in Canada because it does seem a lot more well it's a religion up there so I think it's probably different in certain cities but then in fairness um, for most of that game I don't remember a lot because it was more of a case of just kind of giddy excitement a mixture of excitement Looking around at the United Centre, to which I was literally touching the ceiling of, uh, due to the tick- the standing only tickets I had, which is kind of like fourth tier, so where the back row of seating mm. is, if they stand up, you do not see anything. However, they do have like drop drop down TVs in the ceiling, so you can actually look. Watch the game. Yeah. <clears throat> To which I think one of the excitements I got was seeing the Chicago Bulls banners. So I I will, before anyone calls me a glory hunting fan, Joe, um, someone will say to me, well, you support the Rangers and you support Chicago. Why do you support Chicago? I will give the very short answer to this. It is the case of, for some reason, I do not know, and you will back me up on this, Joe, what American football team do I cheer for? Uh, The Chicago Bears. What baseball team do I cheer for? For some reason, the Chicago Cubs. Yep. So... And what basketball team do I cheer for? Uh, you genuinely never told me this, but I'm going to guess it's the Chicago Bulls. It is. Little cap to camera, so he knows. So, judging by that, what's the connection? Other than crap teams, before you say that. Um, pass. The thing uh, is, lastly, um, the United Centre as well. Not only obviously you're saying you've got you're saying you were looking around, and you could see all the Bulls banners mm. and the Blackhawks banners. Yeah. It's a building with a lot of history. Like yeah. A lot of moments in both hockey and basketball have taken place in that stadium. Yeah. So just being there, as you say, as a Chicago a fan of most Chicago yeah. sports teams, would have been an amazing experience for me. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, I would I would have loved to have gone to the old. Stadium, obviously, but because that's been knocked down and um, the United Centre's literally built not too far from it, just like on the other side of the car park, so to speak. Um, but the United Centre, as you say, w- when you go in there or when you get 
pretty much to the surrounding areas. It did feel like Manchester because it was pouring down the rain. So I felt very much at home. Um, but they have like the statues of like uh, Stan Makita. Uh, they have um, a Michael Jordan statue. They're pretty much... They, they do tend to kind of publicise that they have winning teams with the Blackhawks and the Bulls. I mean, the, the Bulls will be the more well-known, obviously, in the city, due to them having more title kind of dynasties, really. And, I mean, let's face it, everyone's heard of Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and then they have the... You've got the Cubs. I mean, the, the, the city of Chicago really is a very much of a sports town in uh in in america so for some reason or another i've gravitated towards chicago teams why i don't know um maybe it's the rain and it's like manchester and they have that big building the sears tower uh it kind of looks like portland tower on a very much higher scale than portland tower um but I digress. So, I've always kind of looked after Chicago teams. Going to New York, I'll touch on this and then I'll go back to Chicago. Uh, the first game I ever saw, in a NFL, NHL-wise, was when Sky, back in 19... I want to say 99... Oh, 97. It was one of them years, anyway. Uh, it was Wayne Gretzky's final game playing for the New York Rangers. And the only team I'd come across at that point, well, three teams, were the Pittsburgh Penguins, obviously because it was the final team he faced, and the Toronto Maple Leafs, because everyone's heard of the Maple Leafs, no matter... What sport? They're just synonymous with, with hockey. And as we said yesterday, you can tell what the team's called because it's written on the badge. Um, so, and the only player I'd ever heard of was Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky. Of course, when I see him on TV, he's playing for the Rangers. I kind of started to, to go for the, the Rangers. Then, a couple of years down the line... I see a Chicago jersey. And I thought, oh, I know that I know that team. Who are they? Um, so I'd kind of followed both. Plus the thing is, they're not in the same conference. So you've got, you, I have a team in the East, I have a team in the West. So that's my way of looking at it. So it's 2015, I almost had perfect year of and in a way I'm kind of no I'm not glad it didn't happen because I wanted it to I would have had the New York Rangers against the Chicago Blackhawks but for the damn Tampa Bay Lightning <laughs> and how rubbish the Rangers were yeah. <clears throat> um, so what was you said the experience was watching the Blackhawks in Prague mm. this year gone past it <laughs> it's it was a very European crowd, obviously, because it was obviously in Europe. 
but there was still a hell of a lot of American fans there. Um, and pretty much the most of the fan base there were Philadelphia fans. Mostly due to the fact that they had more Czech plays in their lineup than that of the Blackhawks. So ultimately, everyone sided with them. Having watched a game in North America and one in Europe, different fan bases, Europeans are more vocal in what they like and what they hate. So if your team does well, you get cheered. If your team do nothing, you boo. <clears throat> you go in America, your team could be winning and it will be a, a slight cheer. If the team's losing, they basically suck. And there's no in between. The European crowds will literally cheer between if a team's winning or a team's losing, which is pretty much in all sports in Europe. For me, watching on the ice, from what I recall in in North America, it seemed a lot quicker than it did being in Prague. And I was pretty much in the same place. I was pretty much high up in both. Um... Yeah, it's, it's completely two different entities, so to speak. It's more vocal. Hello, Posse. Um, so, fan bases is very... It's just completely different. It's, it's chalk and cheese. Yeah, sorry about that. I was trying to record this and the cats come in and attack me. <laughs> what a catastrophe. Hey. Um, what you said there obviously leads me nicely on to probably one of the final points I had, which was after you stopped watching British ice hockey, you moved more into following the European game. Yes. As you said, you went to the German Winter Classic, <laughs> you've been to Prague multiple times. Uh-huh. How did you settle on following the Czech League and the German League when you also you have things like the KHL, you have the SM Liga, you have the SHL uh, around as well. Well, the <clears throat> the German League I've known for a, a fair while uh, due to the fact that Storm used to have a former player in Jeff Tomlinson and he used to play for Ice Bern Berlin. Um, so... That was the only team I'd ever heard of in Germany. So I'd kind of followed the team he played for. But then, back in the early days, or the mid to late 90s, if you had Sky TV, you could always get the German channels. And you could always get one of the main German sports ones. And it always used to have German ice hockey. Um, The team I support wasn't particularly the most successful to begin with. Uh, I won't go into the the backstory because it's got a hell of a <laughs> history. Um, but it was basically an East Your East German team. I will I will leave it at that for them. Um, but I've always kind of followed Berlin, um, so. When I can do, at least. 
So I used to find them on like dodgy Austrian streams, uh, German streams. I used to have a certain account with a well-known betting group just so I could watch the games. Um, didn't win anything, but I did put like, you know, I threw money at it, like 10p. Um, so the German league is, it's like we always say, is the Germans are a lot like the British, but it's more professional in every single way, the Germans. Uh, the Czech league is slightly... Well, the only reason I really got into the Czech League is when I went to Prague the first time for the the global game. Um, I kind of wanted to go back and see Sparta Prague, obviously playing at the arena that the Blackhawks and the Flyers were playing at. Uh, so I kind of made the decision to follow the Czech League a, a bit more. Um <laughs> And I will be honest and say I wasn't the most hardcore fan. I will say casual. Maybe below casual. Maybe below below casual. Um, maybe I just didn't watch it because I couldn't find any streams, literally. Um, but then when I did this previous trip a couple of months ago, I thought if I'm going to go Prague, I'm going to try and watch as much hockey as I can. Um, so when I headed out there, I saw both the two famous Prague teams, that being Sparta Prague at the O2 Arena, or the O2 World, or whatever the hell, this, what's it call itself, um, and the other one was Slavia Prague. Uh, and the third one is a team not very well known around your... Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Europe, but definitely in Britain it will not be that well known of. Uh, and that is Cladno. And you might ask, why Cladno? What, what's the special relevance? To... Uh, I think I know why Cladno. Uh, and I believe it would possibly have something to do with uh, Yarami Yaga. Yes, he is the owner of Cladno. But he is not the head coach. Uh, so he, he's more like an... <laughs> technically like an on-ice advisor, so to speak. So he's not a player coach. So he, he basically uh, owns the team. And the interesting fact was... Uh, when I went out there, I saw Cladno playing Sparta Prague. Cladno, unfortunately, this season got relegated in the final game of the season, um, to which they had lost, I think it was 13-14 on the bounce, to which, speaking with a, a friend I made out, out there, uh, he told me that the team is very much a Division 1 set-up team thrust into the top flight. So... If you make a mistake in the lower league, you can get away with it. You're in the top flight, you get punished. Which is pretty much like a championship team going into the Premier League. Um, the other slight tidbit, which is of interest, 
was the first game I managed to actually get a stream for was Kladno versus Sparta Prague in Prague, to which is almost a derby because it's a 50-minute journey outside of Prague. It's like 30 kilometres outside of the, the, the city of Prague. Um, the teams had met in, obviously, in the capital, um, and it was Yaga's first game for something like three, three months, something like that, because he had uh, injuries. So his first game back, and he gets four points, and for a team that were just outside the playoff spot, absolutely hammered Sparta Prague at Prague's home rink. Um, and before the game, Jag has been talking about he wants to do away with relegation and just have, kind of like it is in Britain, like you have certain teams in one league, no promotion, no relegation. Yeah. Some would argue this is to stop his team from going down. Um, to which, uh, before the game... All Sparta fans was holding a banner up telling Yaga what to do. Uh, I don't speak Czech. Well, not much at least. Um, but I know for a fact there may have been a couple of sweary words in the banner telling him to do one. Um, so, of course, I'd gone over it ex- I've always known European fans to be very passionate. The more you go into Europe, the more passionate you are. If you come to Britain, we're very reserved. Unless you're Scottish and you've had a few. <coughs> Apologies to Scots. Maybe not. Um, but when I went to the games in the Czech Republic, I don't think I've been to an atmosphere from for a long, long time that resembled more of a football kind of atmosphere than it did for, for Cladno. And when I mean football, I don't mean kind of like both sets of fans wanted to tear each other's heads off. It was more the support of Cladno literally sang every single second of that game from start, even prior to face-off when you're announcing the teams, which was a good five, ten minutes before, to a good 15 minutes after the final score, when the teams come back on, they go off the ice, and then they wait about five minutes, and then they come back onto the ice, and they get showered with, like, candy and all these things they get showered with. It's a a bizarre ritual, um, to which my friend nearly... Nearly took Yaramir's head off with a Czech wagon wheel. I'll put it that way. In the, it's would have been one of the. <laughs> that would just make a brilliant headline of the paper. <clears throat> Yaramir Yaga killed by wagon wheel. Yeah. So he he literally told me of they have this ritual where you bring candy sweets to the game, uh, and at the end of the game, your team comes over to the vocal section. And then you do the chanting, and then when it really kind of ramps up, all the the kind of like the sweets and the candy comes on. 
he kept telling me, there's Yaga. He says, I'll try and throw towards him. He did. Yaga skated backwards and kind of, what I can only describe as a number seven shape. If he had stayed where he was, he would have took one full on the helmet with this. It was the most accurate throw (laughs) I've ever come across in my life. To which, as soon as he threw it, he thought, oh, it's gone over the netting. And we're watching it. I'm thinking, you've thrown that pretty far. You've thrown that very accurately as well. And they were stood on the blue line. And this was a fit. And I don't know if you've seen the photos from from the uh, from Kladno. It is quite a distance. We were like five, six rows from the front, and he in the standing section. And he has launched this this uh, this round circular suite. And it and as Yaga skated away, it landed bang where he was, which would have been. <laughs> And as they were in like a relegation battle, it would have been great of Yaramir Yaga will miss the remainder of the season due to a chocolate bar hitting him on his head. Chocolate bar concussion. Yeah. Would would have been great, wouldn't it? Sports injuries. How how did you how did you get ruled out for the for the season? Was was it a broken leg? What what was it a broken wrist? Was it a broken ankle? No, it was a chocolate, chocolate bar. bar hit me on the head. It's like proper beer league. We're also really interesting of the, uh, how, Pete, how did you get arrested in the Czech yeah. Republic? Well, I nearly killed Yaramir Yaga with a chocolate bar. Yeah. Well, the thing is as well that I've, I notice in going to European games, they do have police presence there, which is a bit eye-opening considering you go to certain rinks up and down the country where it's been known to be very hostile and could kick off and there's no police you have stewards there that are probably 70 years old and haven't can't really do too much in their jobs uh, meanwhile the police are out outside the rink with like firearms and watching for anything that might happen um, so like wagon wheels being flung yeah, at people yeah pretty much um, so the Cladno game was the the most intense atmosphere I've ever been to for a hockey game, possibly in my life, and that's saying something. Um, Slavia, it's a it's a bit of a sad story. Of you've you've heard of the name Slavia Prague, and you expect them to be still a kind of like a top team in in the Czech Republic. They play in the league below, in the Chance Liga, um, to which the leagues, it's a bit like the Scottish League was, where it's a big league, and then after so many games, it cuts off into the winner section and the loser section, to when yeah. you, you still carry on the season, but you only play the teams in your designated block. Um, I went to the rink slash arena expecting it to be like really packed out and full and kind of like clad now <clears throat> I've probably been to Phoenix games that have far more people there 
on a midweek game. It was a paltry kind of attendance, um, which was a, a bit sad, I thought, because the, the game itself was a really entertaining one, um, to which they love giving you free bread, I've, I've realised. I'll explain. Um, so, one of the things they, they like to dish out is a, no jokes please, a Czech sausage with ketchup and mustard. And it's a smoky sausage as well, Joe. Let me tell you. Um, so, you've got that. And then they have this... How can it, it's like a wicker basket, so to speak. With all napkins. And loads of bread, basically. Sliced bread, put in a wicker basket. And it's like... Take as much as you want. Take as much as you want. Like, we take napkins over here and, like, sachets. This was, like, four loaves put into a wicker basket. And he's like, just take slices. So, yeah, entertaining. No time for the bread it break. Yeah. Sp- the, the atmosphere in Sparta was more of a football <laughs> atmosphere for me uh, because I decided to go in the standing section... <clears throat> um, I say I always seem to go in the cheap seats, so to speak, or the cheap standing areas. Um, and seeing as I go to Berlin, I always go in the standing block because I know a couple there. I went, <laughs> I went on my own to Prague. I will not go into the whole ticketing fiasco that I have every time I go to Prague. Uh, that could be used for another episode because, <coughs> God, that could probably take up an hour. Um, so Hockey Pet Peeves episode, you've heard it here first. Yeah. Teasing you people. Um, but the game itself, it was one of the worst games of hockey I think I might have ever watched. Only in the sense that it was the most one-sided contest. And I've seen Telford getting drubbed like 13-1 by Phoenix. And they put up far more fight than Zlin did in the game against Prague. Um, to which they had... A, I really wish I'd done research. They had a... Their goal horn is... On a par with Toronto's kind of goal it's horn. With Hall and Oates. It? It's worse. It is far... I want to say it's Elmo's Fire, and it's not Elmo's Fire, but it's very similar. So the image of... I will very badly hum it. Uh, to which could get a copyright strike, but, eh, you know. Um, so the put goes in. Goal horn sounds, and I'm expecting it to be like... It's Czech Republic, it's like really... like. Rock-minded, kind yeah, of rock minded, metal kind He's of like, thing. Heavy metal, like even the pre-games, like heavy metal, like rock. Even some of the music, and then it just comes on. It's just like, oh, 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 I'm thinking that is the worst goal horn I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> I would be embarrassed to score. Oh, do I have to? So, literally, they scored about six goals 
in this game, and I thought, nope, I'm not cheering to that song. Never before, never again. As, as opposed to Germany, who have decent ones, some are iffy. But we may, I, I really want to do a Gohan episode one day. Uh, but all I will say is there are certain top teams in the German league, and one of their Gohans, for at least two or three of them, is Nelly the Elephant. <laughs> That is a far better goal horn than oh 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 get off it's not a hockey song. <laughs> it was Nelly the Elephant, but I would much rather be humming along to Nelly the Elephant. I want to see seventeen thousand drunken German fans waving their scarves around going Nelly the Elephant back to drunk as ever. I wanna see that. When drunk. I don't want to hear... You know what? I'm going to stop because I'm getting more irate about it. Yep, you are getting angry. Yeah. <laughs> so I've only got three more questions and they're all very quick, simple, easy ones for you. Yes. No, maybe. Oh, okay. coulda, shoulda, woulda. One is, what is your top five teams all over the world? Ooh. Doesn't have to be in order. I, it, Just Playing now... Ah, anytime. Anytime. Ooh. Does, doesn't have to be in order, just uh, be top five teams. Can I cheat in still, if it's two separate teams, but we're... I'll allow it. Okay. Storm. Phoenix. Um, New York Rangers. Chicago. Uh, Iceman Berlin. So, that's five. Yep, that's yeah. five. Uh, the other one would be if you had to pick one line of players, so one goalie, two D, three forwards, who would they be? You can literally uh, pick from anybody. Is this world? Yep, you can pick from anybody. Uh, who are okay. you? Who is Pete Bradbury's forwards? Not in players? any order. Tony Hand, obviously, because you need assists. Um. I would probably go. Hmm. I'm struggling on defense. You know what? Sod it. Dave Morrison, I will have in defense, which is. I could have gone any NHL player, but I will go with what I tried and trusted. Um, otherwise, Brian Leach in defense as well. Um. Forward. So we've got hand. Hmm. This is a lot tougher than I actually thought it would be. Should have given you a heads up on this yeah. one, really, shouldn't I? Good thing I'm editing this. Um, I will probably go Mark Messier. Sod it, Yaramir Yaga. And your goalie? Oh. So many to choose. Especially as I'm a goalie as well. Exactly. You know what? I'll, Patrick Wah. 
Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so, you can't get wrong with law. And then the last one was, is there any game or any team you'd want to see in the next five years? What would be your wish list of games to see, basically? Games? Uh, or teams, or well, just I'd, anybody. I could list the teams I'd love to see. Um, I'd like to see the Rangers, obviously, being a Rangers fan. Uh, I would l- like to see Detroit. Um, but then I'd like to see any Canadian team. Maybe not Ottawa, but uh, Toronto, Montreal. You know, I've just had one come into my head. Only because of this season alone. I would happily see whether it's at one team or it's at the other one. Three words. Battle of Alberta. <laughs> and for those that don't know, Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. And if you haven't, if you don't know it, please go find, there's videos on YouTube of that series to see it was amazing. And, and hey. I, will, I will put this question to you. Mm-hmm. No, I won't. I will leave it hanging because it might, uh, we can do it on rivalries. And I think this is... I, you know what? I'll leave it with you anyway. Okay. No answer. I'll just leave it with you. Mm-hmm. Which is... It's probably got to be a quick answer anyway. Which would you rather pay to see? A playoff series between... Edmonton and Calgary from this season mm. or would you rather see another playoff series with the Detroit Red Wings and the Colorado Avalanche oh, from the mid horrible. 90s oh, that's horrible. to late 90s I did say I will leave it with you Oh and we goodness. can always we we could come back to this on ri- rivalries for the next episode. I will That's I will leave it with horrible, you. Horrible, horrible one. <laughs> well, seeing as I'm the guest, I will let you wrap up. Have you enjoyed this, though, Pete? It's been therapeutic. Therapeutic and somewhat uplifting for yes. you, I imagine. Especially. As I've been grilled by you for nearly four hours, uh, and then I managed to turn the table at the very last second. I feel like Roddy Piper. You ask the questions, and I change the question. But anyway, that brings us to episode five. This is the last time that I'll probably be hosting a podcast because Pete will want it back before I ruin it for him. Go on, uh, say what the episodes say what this. Podcast's been called. That is the end of Pete Cast Part 2. I've been Joe. He's been Pete. We'll see you next time. Bye.